Hello and welcome to this quick conversation on China that's been continuing for a while now. I'm Sohasini Heather, the diplomatic editor uh, at the Hindu newspaper in India. And with me is Professor Taylor Fravel. He's a professor of political science at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. Um, Taylor, let's just pick up where we left off last time. But uh, the truth is the big news this week seems to have been the Chinese Party Congress, 100 years since it started in India. What was seen with some interest was the fact that one of the soldiers um, at Galwan had actually been recognized as a hero by President Xi Jinping. He actually said China needs more such heroes. Uh, but give me a sense of what you thought were the big takeaways from that Congress. Sure, yeah. So um, I think we should focus on Xi's uh, speech uh, that he gave from the from the, sort of the gate um, of Tiananmen in Beijing. And it was a really interesting speech for a couple of reasons. Uh, first, uh, although it was celebrating the party's anniversary, it was much more about uh, the future of the party than the past. And so the past was covered sort of very briefly um, and really didn't dwell much on you know the Mao period or even the Deng period, and it was really about Xi Jinping and the future. And then the second point was it, it was really trying to make the case for why the party is indispensable uh, for China's national rejuvenation and, and really making a much stronger kind of nationalist case uh, for the role of the party uh, than an ideological one, much less a, a socialist one. So it was a really interesting speech. Uh, what was the view uh, from India? Well, certainly it seemed as if the course that China is set on, the kind of aggression we've seen at the line of actual control uh, and other parts of South China Sea were in fact uh, uh, you know, something that received uh, the, the full support of the party and, and, and President Xi Jinping didn't seem to be making any kind of, you know, softening of position over there. Um, speaking of which, really, we have been looking uh, at the uh, continuing standoff at the line of actual control. Uh, and from what we understand, uh, the border talks are still not really making any headway. Uh, at the last round, uh, we had heard from uh, senior Indian officials talking about the fact that they would be discussing various other parts of the LAC that had uh, not yet been uh, de uh, you know, uh, had uh, troops pulling back from. Uh, we understand in particular that Depsang is, uh, uh, has uh, hit a dead end as it comes to uh, troops demobilization. Uh, and, uh, and, and since January, when the first round of uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, uh, paring down of troops happened on both sides, we're still not seeing much of a headway. Is that the sense uh, uh, that you get as well, Taylor, that actually having uh, achieved the first round of talks, that China is now in no mood to, uh, to give any further? Yeah, I, I think for now, uh, it's going to be in a holding pattern, probably for uh, at least two reasons. You know, the first would be uh, you know, the disengagement from earlier this year probably removed uh, the most uh, dangerous uh, element uh, from uh, the many disputes along the China-India border, given how many troops were you know, deployed in close proximity to each other, both north and south of the Pangong Lake area. And so I think from China's standpoint, what they really wanted to achieve was greater stability on the border, not necessarily a restoration of the status quo ante. And so they were able 
uh, to do that. But I think another factor here, it links back to our previous uh, comments or discussion about the party's 100th anniversary. Namely, this is a year in which China is going to be projecting confidence and strength and achievement uh, and everything else. And so I, I don't think there's a lot of uh, sort of policy space for major uh, diplomatic initiatives, especially ones uh, that might require sort of more compromises uh, from China within sort of this broader political context. And so for that reason as well, I suspect sort of you know, the China the, the the Chinese leadership's attention is focused uh, much more internally on, on these celebrations, and uh, it's not sort of a situation in which China wants to be seen uh, necessarily when celebrating all the party's achievements is making compromises with other countries. Um, but this raises Wait. another issue. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. This also raises uh, another issue about the sort of the Dalai Lama, and there's some news this week. Um, uh, is there anything that, that you can tell us about? Yes, uh, of sort course. Of uh, in fact, it's been the big story, and uh, we're still waiting for the Chinese government's response, uh, if any, to this. But for the first time, we saw a publicly acknowledged greeting from Prime Minister Narendra Modi to the Dalai Lama for his birthday, his 86th birthday on Tuesday. Um, and he also had a conversation with the Dalai Lama. Uh, it was interesting for many reasons. Firstly, Indian prime ministers tend not to have this kind of conversation um, uh, with, uh, uh, with the Dalai Lama. We haven't seen this kind of public acknowledgement from Prime Minister Modi since 2013. Before 2014, when he took over, he did wish the Dalai Lama quite often. He mm. had a tweet out to him in May 2014. We haven't seen that since then. Uh, so it's certainly a very interesting and a space to be watched about just how far India really wants to go in this. Um, I know we're running out of time, uh, Taylor, but we must end by also saying India is watching very closely China's moves on Afghanistan. Uh, a report this week, I think in the Daily Beast, that suggested that China is looking to invest uh, in Afghanistan past uh, uh, the CPEC as well. We're, we're, we're out of time, Suhasini. I'm so sorry. It, it's, it's clicking down here and it's going to shut us off.